You know, I, I, I think about, uh, you know, I've been real relaxed this weekend, which is not typical if I'm preaching, I'm usually wound up. But, and the reason that is, I, I think, because sometimes God just wants us to enjoy his people, his presence, his worship. And so I'm real proud of the team. Come on, give the team a hand this morning. And uh, from, from hosting to worship to all the way through, you see that we're continually growing people. And that's our heart here at the Life Church is to connect people. And give yourselves a hand for being here this morning. God has big things for you and uh, going to continue to flow there. You know, we've sang this morning that God won't fail. We've sang this morning that he's more than enough. We've talked about the blood of Jesus and, and all these things. And, and all these things are intentional so that you can go out and live the life that God's called you to be or called you to live. Amen. And so I want to get into this this morning. If you're watching my live stream, we welcome you. Uh, if you're homesick or you're vacationing, those kind of things, we just... Uh, pray that this service will be a blessing to you, and if you're home and you've got out of the habit of being in church, we encourage you to be here next week, and then the following week on the 50, because we miss you, we would love to see you, and come on church, let's give them a hand this morning. So, we speak it by faith, we will see you next week, right? All right, Psalms chapter uh, uh, 17, verses 4 through 5, we're on a series called On the Trail, everybody say, On the Trail. And we're just kind of jumping into this. You can go back if you missed any of the other uh, teachings on this series or last week's uh, teaching with Pastor Walt, teaching on seed time and harvest. We encourage you to go back and watch those and catch up. And uh, we've talked about in this series language. We've talked about sowing. Uh, we've talked about how to make your words count, that you have over 16,000 words a day. What are we doing with those words? What are, what are we doing to make our lives effective and the Bible says, out of the abundance of the, ha uh, of the mouth, the, ha the heart speaks. So the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what we say matters. Everybody say, what I say matters. And so, so we've talked about uh, uh, going from the me table to the we table. And this morning, we're just going to talk about some, some things that Jesus said in mind. And we're going to talk about three ways that Jesus made his time count. And before we do that, I want to get into to, to read this verse to you. We'll kind of lead into that this morning. But, but how many of you know we're on the trail with Jesus? Jesus is our, is our leader. To be a disciple means that we're followers of Christ, that we're following his path, his voice. Uh, I've said this many times, but I'm going to continue to say it. Jesus said those that hear my sayings and do my sayings are become wise men and women. And he said if you'll, if you'll hear my sayings and do my sayings, he said you'll build a life. And we sang about it where the winds and the rain and all the floods and all the things that come at you. Uh, can't destroy your life. Let, let's uh, speak of that. Let's take a moment and pray for those that were affected by the uh, the hurricane this past weekend. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you that you bring things to our remembrance, Father. So we just speak over those that have uh, that are going through all the troubles, Father, due to the hurricane and 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 the uh, effects of that. Father, we just speak comfort, provision. We pray, Father God, for each and every person that they will rebuild. They'll have their lives rebuilt. Because you're a God of, 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 as Grace said, that takes us from ashes and turns them into beauty. And we pray life over them today, in Jesus' name, amen. So Psalms chapter 17, verse 4 and 5, it says this, it says, I'm not trying to get my way, which is where discipleship starts. To the, at the moment where you say, I'm no longer trying to do this my way, Jesus, I'm on your trail. I'm on your path, and so I'm willing to lay my way aside and step into this. He said, I'm not trying to get, uh, uh, to get my way, the world's way. I'm trying to get your way. I'm staying on your trail. I'm putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm not giving up. 
And this is more than just determination. Uh, when, you, when you get on the trail with Jesus and become a follower of Christ and begin to step into that, that discipleship phase, it's more than just determination and, and cliches. You understand that, right? There's a transformation that begins to take place on the inside of us. So it goes beyond a good intention. It goes beyond just being sincere to a place of, of where God's actual power comes to live on the inside of us, changes the desires of our heart, the direction of our life, and puts us on a path to be able to do things the way that God wants us to do them. And so, so it's key in discipleship to get to the place. That's why the, 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 the Lord's Prayer teaches, not my will be done, but your will be done. It's crucial that we get to the place in discipleship where we, set, where, we, where we can boldly say, I'm not trying to get my way, Lord. I want to operate and live in your way. I want to accept your word, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear your sayings. I'm going to do your sayings. I'm going to allow them to come on the inside of me and let this transformation begin in my life. It's bigger than just memorization. It's bigger than just, just faking it till you make it. There's a power that comes to live on the inside of you when you receive Jesus into your life that connects you with God, and God begins to help you change to go from the old man to the new man. And so Jesus had such a pattern in his life where it, it allowed him, you gotta look at the life of Jesus, he was only on the earth 33 years. And in 33 years, his time, he, he, he valued his time so much and used it for progression uh, that he didn't use it to waste other things. He was, he was such a good steward of his time. And you know, I've been saved a long time. Many of you have been saved a long time. And, and it's really easy over the course of serving God to just create a habit of doing certain things without, without it being sincere from the heart. You know, am I, am I the only one seeing that this morning? It's easy to be sincere, but it's also possible to be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Uh, I've just learned that. And you know, I went through a phase, I got, I got saved, excited as a young man, went into ministry, was reaching, touching, doing, and all those things. But somewhere along the lines, I, I allowed the ministry to become the habit of what I was doing, and I forgot about how important it was to spend time with Jesus. Jesus. Jesus mastered that during his time. Even ministering to crowds of thousands and thousands of people, he always found a way to take the time that he had and made that count in his life. And listen, I don't want to bore you, bore you with how to steward your time and that kind of thing. I'm just going to give you examples of what Jesus did. Come on, we are following Jesus this morning. And he said, those that hear and do my sayings, you will become wise. How many of you want to be wise in this world? All of us should be doing that. Then, then hear his sayings and do his sayings. And the wisdom of God will begin to operate, right? And, and so, so Romans 12, 2 says it this way. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. I mean, he said that you would prove the will of God. Right there sitting where you're at today, that you would prove the will of God. He didn't say Pastor Walt would be the only one that proves the will of God, or the elders, or myself, or, or some great uh, uh, guy sitting on a throne somewhere. It said that you, all of us who renew our minds to the Word of God, that we would prove the will of God in our lives. Come on, somebody. That's exciting. So you may have come in here tired, feeling like life is over. You may feel like that, you, that you're failing, things aren't going well. But the Word of God says that when you renew your mind to the Word of God, it says that you'll prove the will of God in the earth. I'm talking to you this morning. And you're going to take that back to your family. You're going to take that back to your business. You're going to take that back to your city. Everywhere you go, you're a walking representative of Jesus. And the scripture says that we've become reconciled and we become ministers of reconciliation. So everywhere you go, come on, Jesus is going with you. 
and the will of God is moving in all directions, not just in this building. Come on, brick and mortar is no longer the factor. It's, the, it's, it's our heart that makes the difference. And so everyone here matters. Well, Pastor, I don't feel comfortable sharing. I don't feel, just share what you know. You can always say, hey, God's good. God's on your side. Come on. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I mean, get some scripture rolling again in your life. Look in the mirror and say, man, I'm not looking at somebody, you know, who's failing and this and that. Look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm called by God. The old is done. Come on, I'm walking in the newness of life. Things are shifting. And you're not doing that to talk yourself into something. You're saying what Jesus said because when you hear what he says and do what he says, it begins to activate something in your life. And so you're sitting here this morning, you walked in the building, you need something activated. Come on, then find you a scripture, get a hold of it, come on and begin to talk about it. Come on, somebody. And, and, and that's the thing that shifts you. But he never intended for us to stay the same. He changes, you know, the, the scripture says he'll give you the desires of your heart. The, the key in that is he'll give you the desire. He'll give you the desire. You know, you could look and say, man, I got a craving for a hamburger. That don't mean that God gave you that craving. Come on, somebody. Some people never had a hamburger. The truth is, that's a, that, that, would be a, that would just be a fleshly thing. Come on. I like hamburgers as much as anybody. Don't get me wrong. As you can tell, I've been eating a lot in the last couple of weeks. But it's more than that. It says that he will give you the desires of his heart, of your heart. So that means, used to, you look, you, know, you look at your spouse and say, hey, hey, old ball and chain, just do what I do. Some of you are looking at me like you never said that. Come on. I used to go to the bar with some of you. I know better than that. I'm just kidding. But, that, that, but then something shifts, and then all of a sudden you start seeing your spouse as, that's the crown of my life. And th there's something in their eyes. I look at Kelly, and I don't, I don't just see a woman. I see the, the smile. I see the, the crown and the shine, the same thing that, that, that caught my eye the first time. I see the, the flash in her eye and something compels because God gives you a different desire. You know, some of you, you're looking at your husband. Come on, you still see that six-pack he had when you got together. I'm not talking about Bud Light. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the six-pack. And somewhere you know that six-pack still exists. But it doesn't matter. You have a desire. When you see them, you know that's the person that will sacrifice. That's the person that will go to bat with me. That's the person that will go to a group with me. And quit doing the same things. Desires begin to change. And so, you know, when I, when I, when I was young, there was, there was two things in my life that just have always driven me. One was, was football. And, and I look back and say, man, I would love to do that again. But, but I know that if I played football again, I'd last about 30 seconds. And then I'd need oxygen. Come on. But there was a time in my life that was key. And, 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 and preaching was the other thing. Those two things have always just been the drive that, that, that pushes me personally. All of you have different ways and different things, but listen, God begins to change desire. There had to come a time I had to give up that so that I could operate in what God's called us to do. And so, so desire begins to change. And so when you, we talk about taking the old and putting on the new, we're not just talking about ritual or routine or any of those kind of things. We're talking about the power of God living on the inside of you and he begins to change your desire and when your desires change, your associations begin to change. And all of a sudden, life, you're not looking. It's not life is greener over there. It's like, man, I got God in my life today. There's things in, stirring in my heart today. There's, there's things happening in my family today. And we, and we grab a hold of that. And so he says here that when we renew our minds, that, that, that something tra transformational begins to take place. 
It's not just faking it till we make it. Something's happening. Look at somebody and say something's happening. And so the scripture teaches us in um, Ephesians. I was looking at this this morning. It says in verse 20, it says, but you, not, you have not learned so in Christ. You can go back in Ephesians 4 and read this. Verse 21 says, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. Who's he talking about? Indeed, if you've heard him and been taught by him. We're talking about Jesus Christ. Remember, those that hear my sayings and do my sayings become what? Wise. You're getting it. And so, so it says here, if indeed you've, been heard, heard, uh, you've heard him and you've been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. Listen, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, everybody say the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and, and holiness. So there, there is a difference between the old man. When you got, before you got saved, you were, you were the old person still. So everything factored that way, the way you thought, the way you ate, the way that you connected with people, the way that you, that you, you did business, every aspect of your life, that was your pattern. But when Jesus comes into your life, church, there's a desire that begins to change. And, and you, you, you put off the old and you begin to receive the new. And how do you receive the new as a disciple? By saying, I no longer want my way. I give you my heart. I open my heart to you, not just so I can sing to you on Sunday morning. I open my heart to you so you can, you can shift something in me to make me operate and connect and live life the way that you've called me to live, to be a husband that you've called me to be, to be the wife that you've called me to be, to be the partner that you've called me to be or the friend that you've called me to be, to be a vessel. You know, I, 18, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I, did, I, I didn't want to go on airplanes for 27 to 30 hours at a time to go to villages where it's hot and all the I, I had no desire for that I wanted to get on a bus go to a football field catch three or four touchdowns come on somebody make the band play and then go home that that, that used to be my life and then when Jesus gets a hold of you when I was 18 years old I was getting ready the day before God uh, the, the day before I was leaving to go play college football I'd started a ministry with young people during that time and, and this young man comes to me, I'm talking hours before I was leaving, and this young man comes to me, looks at me, and he says, he's beat up and he's bleeding. And I looked at him, I said, Eddie, what happened? He said, I, I was so fired up about Jesus that, he said, so when I got to school, I, you know, he was a little younger, he said, I just started talking to people about Jesus. Two guys beat the hell out of him. And he comes to me and he said, but I'm not giving up. This blood was worth it. Come on because Jesus is living on the inside of me. And so I, I went to dad and to mom and I said, I can't go. I said, my passion wants to go. This is what I want to do. But God has shifted my desire. And so I called the coach. I said, coach, I want to come. And I said, but this has happened and, and God is doing this and these kids, there's a, over 800 kids got saved in a, in a short period that summer. And so we're in this function. He said, son, if it's God, you stay there. And so something shifted. The desire shifted. Now, that doesn't make us the hero. Come on, somebody. But when God will reveal something and we're willing to go with a different desire, because as long as we've got to be the standout, we'll always be off somewhere. Something will be off kilter. But the moment that Jesus takes that place in our hearts, come on, then our, our desires change. And when your desire changes, the world begins to change. And the world around you begin to change. You getting this this morning? 
And so, so it takes, takes the, the acceptance to say, God, your will, and I'm going to take off the old, and I'm going to put on the new. I'm going to go from the old man to the new man. The old man's negative. Come on, somebody. The, the new man is walking in the, in the blessing of God under the direction of God. The old man is tired. Come on, the new man is strengthened. The old man is weak. The new man is strong. Come on, we can go through this all day long. The old man is sick. The new man is healed. Are you getting a hold of this this morning? And, and, and we look at things and say, well, I've got it all under control. We ain't got nothing under control. If you don't believe me, then, then, then go watch the news of, of the hurricanes and the things that can happen at any, any given moment in life that can change the, the project, trajectory or the course that we take. Man, we, we trust in one. We trust in one in our lives. So you get this this morning. And so there has to be a change. Now, uh, now this is an, an old theory, but, but it's a good one. You wouldn't take, if, if your baby used the bathroom in their diaper, and I'm talking about number two, not number one, and, and, and you took that diaper and you said, honey, hey, the baby needs to be changed. And so you go over, you lay the baby down, and, all, and you just start putting on another diaper. And your wife walks up and says, what are you doing? You're like, the baby needed a new diaper. So I'm just putting on a new diaper. And you look at me and say, honey, you're supposed to take the old diaper off, come on, before you put the new diaper on. Are you with me here this morning? How many of you had kids? You know what I'm talking about. So don't, don't look at me like you've never done this. Come on. <laughs> Life's about going from the old to the new. You wouldn't just leave the old diaper on the baby and then, and then put some powder on and a new diaper on top of that. You know, you don't get up in the morning and keep the same underwear on. Come on. And then just put another pair of underwear over it. Now, some of you may turn them inside out. That's a possibility. If you're deer hunting, that's a real strong possibility. And my wife's going, oh, gosh. But, you, you know, you, that, that's not the natural progression. If you do that, go to the Connect Center. We'll have special prayer for you after service. But, but there has to be an exchange from the old to the new. So with a baby, we look at this baby and we say, hey, we've got to take this off. We've got to clean them up. And then we're going to put a fresh diaper on that baby, right? If your clothes get dirty, you don't just pile more clothes on. You, you take them, you put them in the hamper, and then, and then you wash your clothes and iron them and those kind of things so that they're fresh. But sometimes in life, when it comes to our spiritual life, we're trying to add something new when we haven't gotten rid of the old. And we wonder why we confess the word like Pastor Walt does, or one of the elders do, or one of the leaders do, and it's not working in our life like it's working in their life. And the reason that it's not working in, 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 in your life the way that it's working in their life is because they've put some things, we've put some things that were old out of our lives and allowed God to change some desires. So when Pastor Walt stands up here and says, spend time with God, I get texts from him at 5.30 in the morning, come on, of something that God's speaking. I'm asleep at 5.30 in the morning. But I know he's doing what he said he was going to do, so it's not an imitation. Everybody say it's not an imitation. So we're not trying to fake it till we make it. What you've got to get in your life is that is if I get a hold of what the Word of God's doing, and I take the time and say, God, I don't want my way anymore, the world's way. I'm getting on the trail of your way, your Word's way, and I'm not going to give up. I'm walking this thing out. I'm talking this thing. And, and, and what happens is that there, there becomes a desire change, and then you go from the old to the new. It's, it's taking off the baby diapers. Come on, somebody. That are dirty and filthy. And that's what our life was like before, before Christ. It was filthy, like filthy rags. It was dirty. It was negative. It, and, I, and, and I know a lot of Christians 
who are negative too, but, but listen to me, that's not the way it's supposed to be. There ought to be life. When you have Jesus on the inside of you, people should be drawn to that. And they should, be, they, should want to be around, they should want to be around us. Are you with me here today? And so we get chronic, what I call chronic neg negativity working. Why? Because we never took off the old and embraced something new. And when you get a hold of this, I didn't even got to the roots of my notes this morning. Listen to me. When you get a hold of this, your desires shift. Your desires shift. Who you hang around, you're like, man, I used to want to be in this atmosphere, those other atmospheres, but now I'm in a, there's something different. My desires shift. I used to want the energy of the bars. I used to want the energy of, of this or, you know, all the things out there that try to take us down, but my, my desires shift. I used to want to go to poker games with my buddies, but now I want to be home with my family. I'm just, I don't play poker. I'm just giving you examples. Come on. But something shifted. Now I want to be, my desire is to be with my family and be a father and to be a mother and to be, yeah, are you getting this? I used to want to do my own thing because that's the way that I was meant to do it. Now, now I'd rather hang out and eat an elk burger with a Wayne bar on a Sunday night. Come on, somebody. That's West Texas living right there. You ain't eating elk burgers, you ain't eating. Come on. Okay, Menudo, whatever, whatever it is that you like. But desire shift. Everybody say desire shift. And it's because we're following Christ. Now, I'm, I'm going to hop into this other part today, but Jesus... Jesus mastered this. He took the time. I see it so clearly in my mind. It, wa it wasn't formula. It was just who he was. Jesus mastered this way. And Jesus said, I only do what my father says to do. I only hear what my father says to hear. I only go where my father says to go. What I'm trying to activate in you today is that we're supposed to learn and to change. We're supposed to hear and to do. And when we get a hold of that mindset and, 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 and we begin to activate that, You'll see those desires. That's why you can look at a, at a person and say, man, I knew them before Jesus. That's not the same person that I knew before. Something has shifted. Something's different about them. And the difference is, is the power of God, but it's also the desire in them that shifted. So we look at it as human beings and say, well, I wonder how long that will last. He won't fail. He won't fail. I said, he won't fail. And a lot of people say, well, you know, God, I walked away from God. You may walk away from God, but God never walks away from you. Even if, even if you're in a messed up state, God will either speak to you that, it, it, with some kind of still small voice. He'll put somebody in your path. So you may think, well, I walked away from God. You, you, you can walk away from God, but he never walks away from you, even when you're messed up. Come on. Even when things there. Why? Because he doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. The Holy Spirit is always moving in that direction, working on our desires, working on our desires. And so we, in this, what did Jesus do? What was so key in Jesus' life where he could do that, where he could boldly say, I only do what my Father says to do. And we know that Jesus came, became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus operated the same temptations, the same physical challenges, and probably more physical challenges than we, we walk through, unless you're in some kind of special forces or athletics or training where you got to still do those kind of things. I mean, they had to walk everywhere they went. And I've been to Israel. That's not an easy walk. I mean, there's ups, downs. There's all kinds of different valleys. But Jesus, Jesus was able to, to balance all of that in this 33-year period. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And, and he took the time to stay connected to prayer, and I know that's not the fun one that you, you were thinking I was going to say. 
but he stayed connected to prayer and he stayed connected to scripture. He said, abide in my word because that's how he did. That's why he could say, I only do what my father says to do. I only go where my father says to go. Even when the enemy showed up and would tempt him and say, man, you're hungry, eat the bread. Jesus would come back in scripture and say, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, every voice that proceeds from the mouth of God. But are we taking the time to learn that scripture so that we can have the same stance? Jesus just didn't operate in talent. Even before he chose the 12, if you go over to Luke chapter 6, it says he went up on the mountain and he prayed. And he said that he prayed all night. And he came down to all, his, all the disciples, all the people. It says that he chose 12 people to be his team that would go. Eventually they'd go out two by two. But it wasn't accidental where he just said, hey, I think I'm going to take James and John and Judas and Matthew and, and Peter and all. He, the Bible says he, he went to the mountain to pray and to spend time because prayer is communication with God. It's taking the time to let God communicate to you, for you to communicate with him. Come on. And then it's all balanced by the word of God. So when Jesus came back down, he had direction and he was able to say, I, I'm choosing this guy, this guy. He, he picked his 12. Are you with me here this morning? Jesus prayed about that. And so you look at Peter who went on to, to write a good portion of the New Testament. Come on. You look at the effect that he had on Paul. I mean, Jesus, he had to spend time with God in order to know. And so how, how much time do you allow yourself to hear from God and to communicate with God? And I know there's ball games and soccer games and, and all these things that we, we have you know, they keep us busy, but it just takes a little bit of time. Pastor says it all the time. Just take some time, whether it's morning, evening, whatever it is, and communicate with God. If God, if Jesus did that over something as significant as picking his team, that he would reach the world with and start this process with, if that's what Jesus did and we say we want his way, don't you think that's what we should do in our lives? So pray. If you're not married, pray about who you're supposed to be married to. You know, if you're getting ready to, to make a big decision, why don't we pray about it? I'd like to say that I'm a master at this. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm learning just like you are. There's times I make decisions, and, and then I get the outcome, and I'm like, did you pray about it? No. Rex Davis always says that. We're, I was, we were going to go buy a boat one time, and I didn't have peace about it. We're looking at this boat. It's a decent, it looked like a decent boat, and so I'm factoring, and, and, and he's like, it's, it's a good deal. And then he looks at me and says, have you, have you and your wife prayed about it? No. It's a boat. I said, but I'm taking that as direction. You're right. I'm not buying this boat. And we walked off from that process. But you need people in your life that were going to ask you, hey, did you pray about that? Are you praying about how to, how to get this thing done or how to start this business or how to, how to rebuild relationship with your, with your kids? Have we asked God to intervene? You know, I got a prophetic word from Ed Trout a few weeks ago because I'm a driven guy, like, you know, in, in many ways. And it said that if, and he said, if you will give God permission, he will line everything and arrange everything in your family's life the way that it needs to be. And I'm like, but I'm pretty smart. That's our natural thought. Wait a minute, I've learned enough systems to be able to work this thing out. So sometimes in life, we gotta throw all that crap away. Come on, somebody. All those systems away and just say, hey, I need systems, believe me, and you need them, but they're not more valuable than our time with God. And so if Jesus needed to take time to go on the mountain and pray, 
And if Jesus needed to know the scriptures, don't you think that's valid for us as well? Because what ends up happening is this church is when you be, look, start looking into the word of God, and you may not understand it all, but you start reading scriptures that says that he's more than enough, or judge not, you'll be not judged. And, and you'll start reading these scriptures, and before long you'll start, start reading the scriptures and say, I can see myself in that. I see this happening in my life. I see me becoming a person of love, or becoming a person of power, or or making this decision on how to, how, to, how to change a career, whatever it is. And so yesterday, Kelly and I were, you know, we were having this spiritual moment and, in, in you know, just having morning coffee and Julio's burritos and, and, and all those things. But we're watching uh, Lottery Dream Homes. I mean, God was all over this. Listen, I'm just messing with you. Come on, somebody. Lighten up, buttercup. Come on. So we're watching this show, and, 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 and there was one episode where a guy actually, he didn't win the lottery, he received an inheritance. And they were looking to buy their dream home. And so, I mean, Kel, we like the show, and, and my wife is into this show, and she's always, she's drawing blueprints for our future dream home and retirement home. And come on, you got a dream if you're going to live for God, come on. And so there was this beautiful house, had eight bedrooms, and just the way it was laid out was just beautiful, and it touched her heart. And She's looked at it and looked at me and said, I can see myself in that. And I said, time out, sister. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to teach you something spiritual. I'm going to say something spiritual here. I said, that is how the Bible's supposed to be. I said, if we can look with that same excitement, same intent, into the Word of God, and we can see ourselves in that. Come on, somebody. We see ourselves in that. And so anyway, it, it was just a beautiful moment and, 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 and that kind of thing. But think about that. When we look into the Word of God, it ought to have that same effect on us. Come on. I'm a, I'm a person. Listen, before Jesus, we were unworthy. Before Jesus, we could be unforgiven. Before Jesus, we could be messed up. Before Jesus, we could go around giving everybody our opinions and all the things out there and living the way that we want to live. But we exchanged all that to put on the new man. When you receive Jesus into your life, you said, I'm no longer going to accept the old man. I'm going to walk in the newness of life. I'm going to change my former conduct to live within the desires that God puts in my heart. And I'm going to walk this thing out. So now when I look into the Word of God and it says that there's an overcomer there, I see myself. Come on. Now when I look into the Word of God and it says that he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother, I see that he's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now when I look in the Word of God and it says by his stripes I am healed and my family's healed, and our sickness is healed, our finances are healed, our messed up state, our mental illnesses are healed, then we start seeing ourselves, and it lights something on the inside of us because desire begins to change. All because we're willing to put off the old and put on the new. We're not trying to put the new on top of the old. And as we walk this out, what did Jesus do? He took time to pray, and he knew the scriptures. He, do, he took time to pray, and he knew the heart of God because he knew the word of God. And he set the same example for us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we abide in the word of God. We hear his saints. We hear his word. And we do his word. Can you give me two more minutes? Number two, we've got to take the time. Jesus took the time to connect with others. You need other people in your life so that they'll challenge you. You know, iron sharpening iron isn't two people arguing. And we use that so wrong many times in, in the way that we teach that. Iron sharpening iron means that, that, that if I was going to go sharpen iron, I'd go out to a wood shop and, and, and get a, 
a grinder and I grind on that thing and, and perfect it. It's not. So when iron sharpens irons, it doesn't mean Wayne has a gift and I have a gift and we're arguing it out and sharpening each other. You know, there's times where I was with Lane Landers this week, Pastor Walt's son, and we're just sitting at, at, a, at a hamburger place having a hamburger, but, but, but just talking the word of God to you and, and, and speaking the word of God to each other, balancing one another, encouraging one another. By the time we walked out of there, it went from a simplicity of, of a $10 hamburger to a conversation of two guys that want to change the world. And we sharpened one another. Are you with me here today? So we weren't, we never had an argument. Come on, it was just sharpening the word of God. Iron sharpens iron. When you get in the word, you begin to learn new, new things of things you heard. You can actually put good things into practice. And, and think about that. Jesus took the time. He cared about people. He went about doing good and healing all. He was generous. He fed people. He, he, he spoke to people's hearts. He pulled people's hearts. And if we could teach anybody that, how do you pull people's hearts? Is you quit trying to teach them theory and start showing them that you care. You know, if somebody's down, then we pick them up. If somebody's hurting, if somebody's hungry, we feed them. If somebody, if somebody needs encouragement, we encourage. Paul said, I'm all things to all people. And Jesus' Jesus' life example was there's great connection here. And if we will connect and allow those things to happen, he would use the simplest things to make this happen. He would take the practical and turn them into spiritual. He would take simple things like boats and bread and water and, 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 and grass and mountains and all these things. And he would teach it in a way that becomes practical so that people could have a spiritual moment in their life. And he wants to do the same thing with you. And so you need to connect in groups. You need to connect with somebody who knows more than you or somebody even if they know the same as you so that you can be encouraged to go help somebody that doesn't know as much as you do. There's an answer on the inside of you and his name is Jesus. And he's what connects people and your voice matters. Find your voice. Find your voice and walk it out. Come on, somebody. And he spoke to hearts on that day. Even on the cross when he's standing there, you would think if Jesus would just could take a moment to breathe, at that point he would have, but he didn't do that. One guy was making fun of him. The guy, the guy sitting next to him looks at me and says, hey, I know who you are. Remember me. Remember me. And Jesus looks at Even on the cross, he was still connecting with people. And Jesus looks at him and says, this day you'll enter into paradise with me. Why? Because he loved people. People, we think people are a problem. Most people are our purpose. Come on. Even the mean ones. Come on. Even the tired ones. Even those that, that, that are messed up. Come on. They make you better because they cause you to research and they cause you to strength, be strengthened. There's some messed up people out there. There's some, there's some sick people out there. There's some evil people. And God does, I mean, the enemy does work through people in that way. But people are our, I can't even talk. People are our purpose. Come on. And as we walk this out, if Jesus can be on the cross with one guy making fun of him and still reaching out, come on, somebody. Then just because our waiter got our order wrong at Henry's, come on, I think we're going to be okay. We can still walk this thing out in love. We can still walk in the same direction that Jesus did. And the last thing is, is Jesus took the, entire, the, took the time to rest and enjoy life. He'd take naps on boats, even, even when storms were going on. He would go to the mountain to pray. He would go to weddings. He would go to different feasts. He would take the time to enjoy. You know, I, and I teach the staff all the time, we've got to go low anxiety, high production. Low anxiety, high production. Because if we stay in high anxiety and high production, we're just going to wear everybody out. 
So we're going to go low anxiety, living in the rest of Jesus, living in the peace of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and letting him figure this thing out as we, as we do our part. But then we're going to be high production because we're going to be rested enough to kick butt and take names, right? And, and you gotta, you got to train yourself in that. And so it's like this weekend, my wife and I, we're getting ready to preach, but we, just, we were just relaxed all weekend. And, and her birthday's coming up this week, so I went broke this weekend, actually, to be honest with you. But it's okay because my Heavenly Father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. As my father used to say, you'll make more money tomorrow, so it'll be all right. I'm just kidding. But Kelly turns 22 this week, this next week. But we just took the time to relax and to not strive and say, hey, God, we know you have something special for your people. We know you're shifting things from the old to the new. Stand your feet with me this morning. We know you care about us spiritually, physically, mentally. And we're going to receive your peace in this place. We're going to receive your peace this morning. Lift your hands to heaven with me. Father, we receive your peace today. We declare today there's people going from the old to the new. We declare there's those that are walking out in righteousness, that are declaring your word. That, Father, you're shifting some desires right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, that we would remove the old. Everybody say this with me this morning. Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. You died on the cross for me. But today I receive your will into my life. I lay down the old. I want your way, not my way, not the world's way. I want your way in my life, your word's way, and I'm not giving up. I ask you to fill my heart. Give me the desires that I need to follow my purpose. I receive healing today. I receive rest today. I receive encouragement today. And as I walk out of this building this morning, I'm walking out filled with your power. And I'll take the time. Now listen to me right here in this moment. I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, are, you, are you willing to make the commitment to learn my scripture, to learn my word, and to spend time with me? Those are the two ingredients that are, that are going to make the difference right there. He say, he's asking you to, to be willing. You may, you may say, I don't know the word. It's okay, you can learn the word. Just a little bit of word goes a long way. It just takes a little bit of faith to change your life. Small measure of faith. All of us are given a measure of faith. But God's asking you today, will you learn my word? Will you learn my word? And I encourage you, go back and read the Bible like you've never read it before. You know, if you're brand new, just getting saved, go to, go, you know, start Matthew. Start there. Or maybe you've been saved a long time. Let's go back and read it like we've never heard it before. I believe there's a refreshing in the word of God that's coming into families, into lives that's going to build that foundation back to the way that it's supposed to be. And there's going to be a shift take place, but we have to be willing to do what Jesus did. We've got to be willing to embrace the Scripture, know the Scripture, and spend time with our Heavenly Father. Can you do that in your life this morning? So get in a group, get encouraged. Come on, give the Lord a hand. And let's go out today and live the abundant life that Jesus called us to live. Amen.